0: Hey, chiropractors and marketers, we are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the modern chiropractic marketing show. Today, I'm going to be doing something a little bit new. This is going to be a theme that I'm going to run uh, just for a little bit here. We're still going to alternate between interviews and me doing some solo shows, but I'm gonna start diving into some doctors that are in the field doing some really good stuff. You know, they're just really in the trenches, doing their own thing, growing their practice. Some will be young, some will be uh seasoned veterans, but we're gonna to try to, you know, really pick apart some of the things they're doing that is helping them out and that we can learn from and uh just take that and apply it to our practice. And so today's interview is with Doctor Justin Rabinowitz, and he's in New Jersey, and he's been practicing for about six years. And he actually has just uh, written a book, and it's very intriguing how he did this. You know, a lot of people think of writing a book as cumbersome, difficult. Don't have enough time. You know, treating patients too much. But he's going to actually break down how he was able to do it pretty seamlessly, and take a lot of the content that he has been producing. He's been someone that has done a phenomenal job and I've been seeing it on his social media of just being very useful in his community and creating a lot of content. And he's going to break down how he was able to just repurpose that and then how he used uh, certain technologies to make this book happen and how it's uh, benefiting him in his community, in his practice, opening up doors and really building authority. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode. I'm going to probably have another episode in a couple weeks on this topic and break it down a little bit with someone that actually um, does this for people. So you get that side of it as well. So today you'll you'll get it with the doc that's in the trenches treating a lot of patients and still able to produce a book. So uh, it's a good interview, very nice, concise information on how to make this happen. And I really want you to consider it, okay? You don't have to do it this month. You don't have to do it even this year. But really consider what topic is inside of you that you know you could write, you could get a good little concise book out uh, to your community that would help uh, really build your your authority. So um, before we dive into that, this is about our one year uh, mark of having this podcast, and it's really grown a lot more than I expected, and, and I've gotten a lot of great feedback from people, and I do appreciate that. And we're going to keep chugging along. You know, we're going to keep on having interviews, we're going to keep on discussing topics. Uh, I'm going to keep on being a guinea pig and applying marketing uh, to my practice and, and letting you know uh, what's working and, and what's not. Uh, one of the things I'm tinkering with right now that I brought up in the close Facebook group is, you know, i am just uh, been very inundated this last couple months with tasks that are in addition to treating patients and uh, just, you know, running business. I've got two practices, obviously doing the modern chiropractic marketing stuff, and then just really getting a lot more opportunities through the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group, uh, such as uh, a couple speaking engagements in 2019 that I'm not going to uh, disclose uh, yet because they're not signed off on, but uh, w- both of them are extremely exciting. One, I just can't even believe it. Um, but as these things are coming my way, it's, you know, it's, it's eating at some of my time and my creativity. So uh, what I'm doing is going to be hiring a virtual assistant uh, for about 25 hours a month and it's it's a little bit of an investment and i did uh you know disclose a lot of the details in the closed facebook group so check us out over there modern chiropractic marketing group if you want to check that thread out but um, i'm going to have them just i'm going to delegate to them and, and have them take a lot of these tasks off my plate so i can continue to be creative not only in my private practice and my community uh, but also uh, for you the listener for the chiropractors and uh, obviously, I've uh, got a lot going on with that, and it's growing more than I ever could imagine, but it's exciting. You know, I'm speaking in uh, six, five weeks now at Ford KC, so June 1st to June 3rd, and that'll be uh, at the Cleveland Chiropractic uh, College in Kansas City, Kansas, I think, not Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, so I'll be doing that, and like I said, other speaking engagements are, are popping up, so it's an exciting time, but the moral of this story is, is that really need to find time to be creative. If you're struggling with that, uh, you know maybe consider delegation to team members, automation, or potentially hiring a virtual assistant that can help take a lot of this off your plate. So that's kind of the end of my little spiel on what I'm becoming the guinea pig on, and that is this uh, uh, delegate solutions as the company uh, when I'm going to be hiring a VA. Uh, I'll let everybody know how it goes. Obviously, I try to keep up with Uh, informing you on uh, the the comings and goings of my my practice and such. So uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Justin Rabinowitz. All right, welcome to the show, Justin. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself before we really dive into uh, what we're going to talk about today. Kevin,
1: thank you so much for having me. And as a younger, newer doc, I just wanted to put it out there that how much you've influenced me and and uh I think it's it's just amazing what you're doing and I really do truly appreciate it. So, as a younger doc coming up, I want to wanted to say that. But I am a chiropractor in New Jersey. I've been out now about 6 years, born and raised here. My story, you know, typical I think chiropractors been injured. Mm-hmm. Um I actually broke my back in high school playing football it's not the reason why I became a chiropractor, but the way I was treated through the medical system definitely dictated how I've chosen to practice. and yeah. ended up going to college. I played baseball in college, got through that. And then ironically, in chiropractic school, I was going up for a layup playing basketball, came down and, you know, your audience will appreciate this classic, you know, L4-5 disc symptoms down my leg to the point of, no dorsiflexion in my big toe. So going through chiropractic school in between trimesters before student clinic, I actually, after conservative care failed, I ended up having a laminectomy discectomy. And so it's it was an interesting experience going through how to be a conservative care doc and then having to have surgery in the middle of school. (laughs) Um, And then got out, worked for somebody for a few years, great experience. And, And I always knew that I wanted to you know, dive into the entrepreneurial thing since I started school. And it's been a little under three years and, um, and, and we're here
0: today. Perfect. So you started your own practice a few years ago?
1: Yeah. So it'll be officially opened up like the LLC around now, but kind of started getting my feet wet throughout the summer about three years ago. It'll be three years officially in July.
0: Okay. And then what kind of practice uh, setup do you have currently? So I run a very
1: slow volume, long patient appointment times. We do one hour eval, generally 30 minute follow ups. And, you know, we can talk about how I've sort of diversified and actually given people a few different options of some more traditional 15 minute and longer hour sessions, in depth sessions. But we treat active athletes and adults. That's our niche, um, CrossFit power lifters, you know, but then active moms that just want to you know, go to the gym three to four days a week and then some more competitive athletes along the way.
0: Are you uh, cash based? We are a hybrid.
1: So we're out of network with everybody. We don't yeah. take Medicare here in New Jersey. People, some people still have actually decent out of network benefits. Okay. So we will submit for them, mm-hmm. but we don't, we're not in network. I've I've actually never been in a practice in my six years, whether internship or in a practice that's been in network. Mm-hmm. I've always been in the model that I practice in now
0: yeah and i think it's you know it goes uh, without saying but your marketing strategy has to be a little bit different when you are cash based or out of network versus uh, being in network i've had the opportunity when i first started to be in a clinic that was all uh, insurance plans in network with everything and then i've been fully cash and now I'm more of a hybrid. I'm in network with a couple insurances, but out of network with everything else. And it's definitely a different animal when you're, you're developing your marketing strategy. And, uh, I really think it goes to the point where you, you have to really position yourself as the expert in your community. You have to be the place or the person to go to for that extra level of care. Not to say that in network doctors aren't providing a high level of care. It's just that barrier of entry is, is greater. So they really. They have to be pre-sold a lot of times and come on strong referrals.
1: Well, I think you hit it on the head with the pre-selling. And it's, you know, look, talking about marketing, we've spent so much time. I've been obsessed with our front end, yep. our front end phone call, asking the right questions. Now we've, we, we you have posted something on the Facebook group a few weeks ago about what are we doing on the front end? And I'm now doing something like an Infusionsoft mm-hmm. system to get people on the front end, which is, it's all part of the marketing Plan in place so that they arrive, understanding what may happen, and and it's not the first contact. Then we've had three, four, five, six touch points before they've ever you know given us any money or stepped foot in
0: our clinic. Yeah, you know that patient experience when they're going to have to dish out the cash or the extra cost is going to have to be there. Whereas you know in in network uh, seeking uh, patients will put up a little bit more. um, I guess let's say put up with a little bit more of the rigmarole or just lack of patient experience. And again, I'm not saying that in-network providers don't have good experiences, uh, but it's definitely something you have to, to take into consideration.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's oftentimes whether you're in or out of network, sometimes it's about deciding what, what problem do you want? You know, a lot of times if they paying out of pocket, they're more bought in, but mm-hmm. and but if they have insurance, sometimes they, they leave early, they don't finish their care plan. So either way, you're going to have some sort of issue or problem and you just have to figure out which, what you want to deal with.
0: Yeah. And I do know some in-network docs that, that do have a great patient experience and they just flourish, uh, obviously a little higher volume um, and they have more uh, support staff to, to handle that, but they, they're doing a good job with that. So it's uh, it can be done either way. Uh, but I do think that the marketing strategy has to be tweaked a little bit uh, to get that higher uh, upfront costs uh, from the from the patient. Sure, absolutely. So, and then you know, one of the things that uh, that I've noticed, you know, I think we've been running across each other for over a year or so, and you do a lot of.
1: Good- if I could interrupt you. Yeah, I've yeah, been, go for it. I've been following you for way more than <laughs> since probably two thousand and. 10, 11, when again, I was in school looking for people that are doing what I actually wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I've been aware of you for a long time. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, it it comes down to creating a lot of content. And I noticed that about you um, over the last year or so. I I see some of the Facebook stuff you're doing. Uh, Obviously, uh, you're trying to educate the the community and you really have bought into that content marketing strategy. Can you tell us uh, how that's helped you out in your own? practice the last few years?
1: I think that it's just the way our world is right now. People don't want to quote unquote be sold to. And, and even in our profession, it's like, I don't want to be a salesman. And and what I've told some of my friends who, you know, kind of have asked me for advice is like, well, well, then if you're, if you feel like you're selling, you're probably doing it wrong. Cause I'm exactly the same way. Like I don't want to come off as a used car salesman and always be trying to push the hard sales. So in order to to actually run a business that, as you call it, ethically markets and, and do the right thing by people, I've found that you have to give give the content to people because they need to actually – have the relationship with you. I I was talking to one of the guys that helps me with some of my Facebook stuff the other day and we were just laughing, but not really. It's an interesting thing. The most Facebook likes, the most comments I've ever gotten in a blog that I've written on an email was two things. Number one, when I got engaged and number two, when I wrote a book, which I know we're going to talk about, but it had nothing to do with your back hurting or anything like that. Like People want to know you as a person. They want to connect with with you and they want to trust you and like you. And and, um, and that's the way that we have to kind of share our stories. And when, with the way that social is, we, we have the ability to do that now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's one of those things where you can almost make to where your marketing is invisible, which is what I like about content marketing for any business. But as far as being a doctor, I think it's great because, you know, we don't want to you know, as a doctor, we really want to make sure we have that trust with our community and we don't want to come across as salesy per se. Uh, we want to come across as someone that they can trust, but as but also you know look at as a as an educator in the community. And that is something that uh, that I really strive for. And I I kind of say it a lot where I look at myself as an educator in the community before I even do a practitioner. That just happens to be what I do, but I really try to just be a valuable resource. And there's many ways of doing it. And I know that I think that uh, too many people are relying on, um, you know, the lead conversion stuff and, and the social media stuff. That's not very uh, valuable for the end user. Whereas, um, you, you can flip it on the other side and make everything with the intention of being valuable for the end user. And you will have a long-term sustainable uh, marketing strategy that is not just these little one-off campaigns. And you've got this just you know, influx of new patients and then you're dead, influx, then you're dead. And it's just, it's a little more sustainable. So with that in mind is kind of the backdrop of what we're talking about. What is one of the most, uh, you know, one of the aspects of growing your practice that uh, that you're most excited about right now, you know, for chiropractors, like if you had to really narrow it down, what, what are you most excited about?
1: My answer is in your question of growing the practice that my observation and I've listened to all you guys and Bobby and Bobby mm-hmm. is an incredible historian of the profession. So yeah. I mean, that's his thing. But as I've, I've observed, mm-hmm. I think that uh, chiropractors in general, in my experience are great solopreneurs, mm-hmm. but have very few have been able to actually grow and scale that into creating a, a real sustainable business that, you know, provides jobs, provides opportunities for people. So the growth of my business is where I'm, is, is what I'm going for. Like I, you know, I always say like in 15 years, if my schedule is packed and I'm the only one in the practice, me and an administrator, like I'm going to be a very unhappy person. <laughs> yeah. You want to have kind
0: of a self-managing company, right?
1: hundred percent. And owning a business is hard. Yeah. Being a doctor is hard and we've done a good job of actually being able to figure it out. But taking that next step I've seen in, in my area, I've seen a couple of guys that I look up to. They've been doing it since literally I was born and two you know, I can think of two, Who've had pretty serious injuries, um, recently and like, and, and then what? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like it's a, it's a very physical job. And when you're the guy and I've always been the guy and then God forbid something happens, it's a, it's a scary place to be. And so for me, it's exciting to think that I'm I'm at a point where I really want to grow and scale this thing. and, And that's every day when I get up. Um, that, that's something that really drives me is, is to grow, is to grow the company and scale the company.
0: Perfect. Yeah. There's a lot of good resources out there for it. And it just, you know, it, it really frees you up, uh, to be able to travel, to have some security in your business in case you do get hurt, uh, to, you know, honestly have some passive income, uh, allow you to maybe focus on some other, uh, ancillary things that you're enjoying. And, you know, I, I know you, uh, you, I think you said you were engaged,
1: I'm engaged. Yeah, yes. we're getting married in October. There you so, go. Get
0: married and some yeah. maybe down the road have some kids and spend some more time with the family. It really is a unique position that we are in as business owners to be able to uh, enjoy the the fruits of our labor. So that's exciting. Oh, and
1: then the thing that I would actually I, I'm interested because I've asked a lot of people and it's hard to almost like quantify, but I think I've heard you speak on it and a few of my friends. It's like the mental space that when you're not stuck in a treatment room. 30 to 40 hours a week, the amount of creativity, the amount of things that can happen. And again, it's hard to put an ROI on it when you think like, oh, like I'm not going to see patients. And I'm not there yet. But the amount that it's like just to give you time and space to think about what should happen next. And when I would ask you this question, someone who's been able to grow and scale, like being able to quantify that time and space and mental clarity to give yourself the ability to think and be actually kind of outside of the business and see what has to happen. Yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to that cuz it seems like you can grow exponentially when you're not stuck in the treatment room 30 40 hours a week.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you you definitely have to have the time. This is actually the first time since 2011 where I am for a short period of time going to be a solo doc and it's, I've already, I had mentioned in the Facebook group, I think it was last night where I'm going to hire a virtual assistant because I'm just too, I got too many tasks going on because this is the first time in in seven years that I've been by myself. Um, but I'm going to make sure I hire uh, strategically for the next uh, associate and and really wait for the right uh, person. So I'm, I'm taking my time on it. But in the meantime, I'm going to hire a virtual assistant to take a lot of the other stuff off my plate so that on a Tuesday afternoon, a Wednesday morning, or a Friday afternoon, I can hit to the coffee shop and just focus on creative, right? Like, uh, get get rid of all the tasks that I'm doing right now, in addition to treating patients, and try to focus on the creative, because that's where uh, we can do uh, a lot of uh, great things. And, you know, and obviously, for me, it kind of is twofold. It's, it's creative for my local community in my marketing, but it's also creative for Uh, other chiropractors and this podcast and the, you know, Facebook group and things like that. So uh, yeah, you got to have the time. Too many people book up their schedule uh, as far as um, they treat patients Monday through Friday all day long. They don't have half days. And then when they do have half days, they're filling it up with all these tasks that does not give them the amount of time to just think and create. So it's definitely a good point uh, that you brought up.
1: There's a difference that I've learned between physical time, like to have 45 minutes to do something versus the mental space to do something like to treat a patient and then get out of patient mode, write a, write marketing copy and then go back to treat a patient. Um, I've found it just does not work. No, even if you, even if on your schedule you have 30, 40 minutes and you theoretically could do it, I've found it just doesn't work.
0: No, you're right. You got to get, it's a different mindset and you got to get into it for sure. And then, you know, I think some people need to figure out where do they function best at as far as creativity. Like for me, it's the morning or it's first thing in the morning when I have my coffee or it's at like 2 p.m. after I've had a couple hours of not treating patients, where I can go to a coffee shop, have more coffee, um, and it, <laughs> and it, and, it, and it hit like a two-hour uh, block of time. Which uh, there was a book called Deep Work. I'm not sure if you read.
1: Yep, yeah, read it, Cal, uh, Cal Newport. right? Yeah,
0: it's a great book that really helped me out in things like you know what I can work in two two-hour blocks at a coffee shop for me is ideal. I need people around me for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't function well solo, uh, so it's just. I know where my sweet spot is for creative and I've realized over the last probably four weeks, I have not been able to achieve that. So that's uh, why I'm bringing on this, this virtual assistant. So I think everybody just needs to be honest with themselves. When are they, when are they the most creative? Uh, And if they can, you know, really fill in the deep work with that, it's amazing how much content you can create in addition to treating patients and and, and running a business. So it it can be done.
1: Yeah. And I, and in. As you were saying that, I started to think about the parallel between, I remember when I was in chiropractic school. Now, academically, my friends will tell you, like, I was not the, it was, it was challenging for me. I studied my butt off, but I remember the breakthrough for me was, was not, it was, was actually once I learned how I learned and Mm kind of like what you're saying, like learn what environment you do best in. Just like when I was in school, it took me a while to figure out how I actually needed to study. Cause for a year it was like, well, you need to write note cards. You need to do this. You need to do that. And like, I just listened to other people. And actually, once I figured that out, I was like a machine.
0: That's that's good. You know, and you learned it at a, an earlier age than most. I think some people are still trying to figure it out. I know for me it didn't happen uh, right away, but you know, I, I do give myself credit early on. I was able to do some things including writing a, a book and Uh, I was lucky enough today to get a a book called Beyond Fitness in the mail from you. And I I wanted to thank you for that. And it's just another example of some of the creation that you're doing. So uh, tell us a little bit about this book. And then I'm going to kind of pepper you with some questions about it.
1: Yeah. So the book, as you said, it's called Beyond Fitness, Revealing the Secrets to an Active, Pain-Free Life. And I knew the title was a good one when my sister uh texted me who lives in the city she's a little older than me and she's like can you come and work on all of us literally all my friends want to learn how to get a become active and have a pain-free life so i said all right well the title actually did something here <laughs> um so that was good um but the book it's been a project i say it's been a project over the last 3 years and the reason why i say that is because it's not like i sat down one day and just started writing you know the odyssey yeah. um a lot of it was curated over 3 years in blogs um, and emails. One of the things that I've been very, very, very strict on since the day I opened practice with, you know, no patients was as soon as I got a name, I sent emails out twice a week, every week since I started. And some of those emails became chapters in the book or pages in the book and video series on YouTube. For example, I did a, a video series called The Myths Your Doctors Told You, like, you know, squatting is bad for your knees don't lift anything over 35 pounds, stuff that we all hear from our patients. And yeah. that was a five-part video series, and that became a chapter in the book. <laughs> I would say over the last six months, the, the, I've gotten kind of serious about it, and I, I took basically all my blogs and all my content. I printed it all out. I had a stack of stuff, and then I figured out, hey, let's try to categorize this and put it into something that flows. And then it was like taking stuff out, putting stuff in, and getting it edited. And and then eventually we, we had a book. <laughs>
0: That's perfect. You know, and it's like repurposing at its finest uh, into a book. And so I think a lot of folks that are creating content, it doesn't have to be overly cumbersome. You know, know,
1: people ask me, like, what do I do? Where do I start? And um, the first thing is, like you said, if you're creating content already, you already have a book. Mm -hmm. You just have to put it together. And and something else I've observed, it's just kind of human nature. And this is how I I think. Like I, I study people all the time. And when people are like, oh my God, congrats, you wrote a book. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. But then part of my brain's like, "Uh, this is all out there already. I just didn't put a cover on it. And so, you know, talking about, you know, as you said, becoming quote unquote an expert in the community, just slap, I mean, it's more than slapping a cover on it. But it's not like, like I said, that I created this whole thing. It was just curating it, putting it together, putting a cover on it, making it a physical product. And and listen, people have been really, the feedback's been incredible. I've actually... I didn't write this to sell it. Like, and again, I sold copies. It's whatever. Like, I'm if I break even, awesome. But I mean, I've sold copy in Australia, the Netherlands, Canada, which is like, and, and to people that I don't even know, which is super interesting. But you know, again, you write a book and 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 people are really impressed. So it's it's been a cool experience.
0: No, it is, and it's exciting because um, it does. It's one of the best ways of um, having authority in in your industry uh, or in your case, you know, in the industry and in the community. And so it served, uh, two purposes, you know, back in my former life, (laughs) sometimes, you know, I, I feel like I have had two chiropractic lives, but, uh, early on I graduated in 2005 and, uh, early on I was doing a lot with golf, which I still do. I do work with a lot of high level golfers, but you know, I was traveling on the PGA tour a little bit and I did write a golf fitness manual And it turned out pretty good. I mean, looking back on it, you know, it was written in like 2007, 2008. So some of this stuff's a little bit outdated. You know, obviously, when you write something fitness-based or science-based, it can get pretty outdated quickly. Um, Sure. But I was certified through all the titles, Performance Institute stuff, and I I had a lot of good resources. uh, But I wrote it, and it got picked up by some chiropractic schools. It got picked up by... Uh, a professional golfer's career college, which to this day they still purchase it, you know, almost 10 years later. And it it was something that I distributed a little bit through my community. And it did a really good job for me in positioning myself in South Florida as the go-to for, for golf injuries that's helped me to this day. So I wrote it 10 years ago and it's still helping, and then you know, a couple of years ago, we wrote the Desk Jockey Manifesto, so it was a little book on the desk worker. And again, same thing; it just has helped me position myself within that niche pretty well. And it wasn't overwhelming. It's not a New York Times bestseller; it never will be. Those two books that I have written or, or co-written have been uh, two of the best things I've done from a uh, positioning and a uh, reputation builder uh, for sure. And I think you're going to see the same thing. I know yours is. Uh, freshly released and you're probably still yet to see, to, to reap all the rewards, but uh, it's definitely a great way of, uh, of establishing yourself.
1: I can share like a very practical way, even today that For I sure. used it. And one of the reasons why it did is everyone's like, listen, it's, it's your business card. Like instead of giving people a business card that they're going to throw out, like give them your book. Yep. So literally today I went to a CrossFit gym where the CrossFit gym I was I was attending ended up closing. A lot of the members that I was treating went over to this new gym that I don't have a relationship with. So I drove over there today. I met the owner and I didn't bring my book. I just met her and talked to her. And now I have a reason to go back. Yep. You know, rather than going, Hey, how are you? Like, hey, listen, I it's nice to talk to you and I could send it to her. I could go back. Hey, I really enjoy talking to you. I just wanted to know I wrote this book. I wanted to give you a copy and, and let you know. So you know, a very, very practical way where I can get in front of somebody with providing them value rather than just showing up just to show up um, and have something with me in hand to be able to gift someone, which, you know, is, is again, like you said, it, we're, we're not creating a uh, New York Times bestseller. We're not J.R.R. Tolkien, but what we have created something of value to give to somebody, which from I found, they really, really appreciate.
0: Yeah. And you could put it in your waiting room and all, you know, just, it's a, great way of getting the content out there. So it's, uh, I, I commend you on it. It's even though it can be easier nowadays than it was before, it's still never easy, but it's definitely worthwhile.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words.
0: Yeah, definitely. So like what were, you know, how did you do it? Did you self-publish it? Was there a company you used to, to get it together? How did you, uh, yep.
1: Create Space is the website. okay. And Create Space was bought by Amazon. So yep. it's technically an Amazon company. Amazon will own everybody, so mm-hmm. they own that now. Another actually interesting tip that I had was um, I've used an intern from a high school who's like a tech kid, like classic tech kid. Yep. Um, not specifically for the book, but it ended up being a project he, I, he came on in September. He's done a lot of different things for me. Uh-huh. But as I was going through this process, I would go online and say, hey, look at this cover. Look at this cover. And, and we designed the cover. Actually, funny story on the cover. <laughs> we were making the cover right before Gary V's new book came out. Uh-huh. And so I sent them a picture of Gary V's new book. And I was like, hey, can we, can we do something like this, not knowing like what he would actually come up with? He emailed me back literally Gary V's cover with my face on it, and I was like, "I don't think this is going to work." Not like Gary V cares that it's that he's ever going to see my book, but I think we need to go in a different direction. <laughs> um, so he ended up doing something different, and uh, we came up with the cover. From what I understand, I know it's more complex than this, but I, I wrote the book. In essentially a Word document, I think he may have converted it to PDF. You uh-huh. upload it onto the CreateSpace. You upload the cover, yep. and it goes through an editing process that they look through. Um, and then the thing that I didn't know, I actually would have been done with the book sooner if I knew uh-huh. this part of it. When I first got it done, I could order proofs, yep. which I kind of thought that once I put it through, like I was going to have to order all my copies and be done with it. Uh-huh. And so that's why I like, I don't want to say I procrastinated, but I was so sure I wanted to make sure everything was like perfect on the computer before I pressed publish. But they allow you, it's, it's, it's really great. Like they allow you to buy, like literally I would buy two books at a time, get them, give them to me, my admin. We would look through them, tear them apart, go back and edit it. We did that two or three times and and each book was like two bucks plus shipping. It was very cheap. Got the final version and then, and now we have it. You know, from that point we did two different things. We created a website, beyondfitnessbook.com. That was like a self publishing. Yep. And then also, it is on Amazon. And now, with Amazon, the way that they work is essentially we chose the option where they sell it for us and they take 30%. Yep. No,
0: that um, makes it easy.
1: But I also sell it through my own beyondfitnessbook.com where mm-hmm. people can buy it through me. I have like, I just bought another 100 copies. And then if they buy it, I ship it out to them. That's how you got the book. I sent it out to you because I bought copies myself. So two different ways. It's also, I think it is available on Mm -hmm. Kindle. And so all those different formats relatively, relatively quickly.
0: Now, do you think you're going to sell these in your office, potentially give them the new patients? What are your thoughts on that? So
1: I have positioned it a few ways. The first thing I did more to just test to test, I have an email list of not a ton of people, four to 500 people, former patients. Yeah. I emailed them and said, first five people that respond, I'll give you a free book. I ended up getting like thirty-seven people that emailed me. Nice. Which is a lot. You know, usually no one responds to you. <laughs> like you send me like emails. Yeah. Basically, what I did was the people that responded, they're all former patients that have been really treated me well. I've treated them well, hopefully. So basically it's like, listen, if you emailed me back, I wrote them a note that said, Hey, you were number 14, but I appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. Here's a copy of my book. Just, you know, almost remarketing or an act of goodwill to my patients already. Well, you know, so that was the first step.
0: That's a, it's a great first step. And, and I almost would recommend too looking into the, like what you did for me is you, you had a nice little thank you card in the book. And it's almost like if you went in and cherry picked, like you're just top 20, right? Like these top 20 patients that I've had, they refer a lot or they come in consistently or whatever it may be and just take the time to do a handwritten card because your card is branded for your strive to move, which I like. And it's just the whole nine yards and it was handwritten and you mailed that to them. That could be a a nice little touch as well.
1: Yeah. We've done quite a few of those already and people have said, oh, where can I buy the book? And like, if they bought it without coming in, then I'll give them a book and I'll give them a free one. You know, I want to make sure that it is you know, position properly because you don't want it to turn into, oh, yeah, I'm just giving away free books because then it's not there's not a ton of value in that. But like you said, there's got to be a a note with it. There's got to be a hey, you know, I would just love and I know I had one person who wanted to buy it. I said, listen, let's make a deal. I'll give you one, but I'm going to give you another one. Mm -hmm. And just if you know somebody that has problems or you think this might help, please give it to them.
0: Perfect. Oh, that's smart too. And I know from like a, you know, I used BookBaby, I think it was. So that's another option as far as getting this done. There's also, have you heard of the software Scrivener? If you're no. Writing, yeah. If you want to write a book, there's a software called Scrivener, which is a lot more useful than than Word documents. Word documents are fine. That's how I've done it in the past, but I've been on the fence on another book and uh, not that I'm going to do it this year, but Scrivener, I've talked to a couple of writers that I have as patients Uh, they utilize that and that can be very helpful as well as like Grammarly, which can check the grammar and and, and stuff like that. So just for the audience out there, if they're trying to wrap their head around uh, doing this, you know, it's uh, I think a couple of the tips that you mentioned were you repurpose, you've already got the content most likely, or if you don't start doing the content and then turn your videos and your, and your blogs into the book. And then something like Scrivener create space Grammarly will make it uh, super easy to make this into a reality.
1: And something else that we did, and I, I would, this was a recommendation mm-hmm. from a, a gym owner, we took some of our Google reviews and after each chapter, nice. we, we put a Google review and then basically we put their Google review, who it was, and we said, do you want to experience the same results as Brenda? Mm-hmm. Go to strive to move.com, you know, movecom give a little bit of a, a call to action mm-hmm. after each section, nothing crazy, but they, they see it in there. So, you know, it is, does have that, I don't want to say direct response, but it has a little bit of a call to action section in each chapter because again, like you said, we're not creating, you know, the Hobbit. It's a book that hopefully at some point provides value and people know where to find us if they need us.
0: Perfect. Yeah. And then some of the other tidbits for the folks out there is if you're going to use images, try to use the, and I shouldn't say try to, uh, use the uh, royalty free images, Obviously, if you're going to reference people or use resources, things like that, you know, basic stuff that we, we all know. I know yours. Is- Did you
1: put a lot of images in your, in your book? Yeah. Cause my book has, I'm per purpose. Cause I didn't want to get bogged down. In I like details. Yours, yeah, I didn't, but I'm actually, I've already, I'm collaborating with a physical therapist to possibly do a second one, which might be a little more of like a, for like the CrossFitter to help yeah. assess himself. And I think it's going to, go that way. And I didn't know, I'm assuming that's a much more difficult process.
0: Yeah. My desk jockey book was, you know, we had to put some ergonomics type stuff in there. So it was useful. People are visual with that sometimes. So, Uh, you know, I definitely think someone can write a book without images. That's for sure. Uh, Yours is very uh, well written and it's simple to read as far as like, it's just an easy, easy to consume book. And that's, I think another topic or another key point is that this doesn't have to be a Tim Ferriss, 600 page (laughs) book. For it to be useful, it just needs to be a nice, concise book that people will find helpful. And, uh, some of those are the, the best ones out there because, uh, they're easy to read. I know I mentioned Dan Sullivan a lot from Strategic Coach, but he writes a book a quarter now and they're, and they're small, like they're just small books. And it's a, a lot of it's repurposing. It's almost essentially what you've done. And he takes a topic that he coaches on and teaches on, and they already have a lot of the content and then turns it into a book. And so it's just, uh, it shouldn't be too hard to do. And I think anybody can do it And the, the bang for your buck is definitely there. And, and
1: something that I've also heard in the book writing space for people like, you know, you and I that are not, you know, well-known public figures is to be more specific with your niche that the example they use was if, if you went to the bookstore and the dad was looking for us a book for his son on baseball if 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 he looks on how to hit a baseball from don mattingly or you he's going to go to don mattingly but if the book says how to hit a curve how to how to teach your kid to hit a curveball oh that's Mm -hmm. for me you know he'll pick that book so niche it down because you don't have that brand name of like being you know quote unquote famous Mm -hmm. so we've got to say someone's got to read and say oh this is for me
0: Absolutely, good stuff. That, that was really helpful. I think um, that kind of dispels the the myth of how hard it can be to write a book. And I think uh, the folks out there should think about that. And there's plenty of topics they can write about. I mean, there's just whatever your niche is, niche it down even more, and then write a, a little book on it, and, and take it from there. So, uh, thank you for for that information. And just going to ask uh, one more question before I let you go. I know you've been busy and. I just always ask this question, and I wanted to know from your mouth, uh, what does modern marketing mean to you?
1: I think it just comes down to giving value before you get, making sure that you're providing on the front end, and, and again, avoiding coming full circle, avoiding being that used car salesman that's just trying to get, 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 and like I said, all of the media now allows us to give that value before we get, and we just have to have patience and and, and know that we are doing the right thing, but you know, giving before we get.
0: Absolutely. And then lastly, um, how, I know you've mentioned a couple of times, but how can they find the book and how can they find you?
1: Yep. So beyond or on Amazon. And then I always tell people you can find me pretty much everywhere with my name at Justin Rabinowitz or at strive to move for the business on Facebook, Instagram, Um, In both of those places, we're most most active.
0: Perfect. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. So thank you so much for this episode. This was a a good learning experience for for a lot of us. And I think more people need to really consider writing a book.
1: I appreciate you having me. And like I said, uh, your your work is appreciated by all of us people coming out. And I I just hope that you continue to do it because it's really great.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share it with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.